Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes fils et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. This is the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. I am Jesse Martineau. Now, this episode is actually a really special one for Mike and I. We've known for some time that we wanted to do a holiday show. It was just a matter of who we wanted to ask uh, to come talk about some of the Franco-American holiday traditions. And while Mike and I may not be always on the same page on everything, we usually are, and we certainly were with this decision. We both absolutely agreed that we needed to ask Juliana LaRue to return to the podcast, and we were thrilled when she agreed to come back on the show. The first interview with Juliana was actually the very first thing Mike and I ever recorded. It wasn't the first thing we released, but we actually did record her interview before we even recorded what we would call episode zero. Juliana LaRue is a freelance writer who publishes news, blogs, and articles about Franco-Americans and French culture. She has written about the culture in weekly and bi-weekly articles for over 30 years, and she is the person behind the Franco-American news and culture blog, which listeners to our news segment will know I talk about all the time. So, Juliana, thank you so much for coming back on the French Canadian Legacy Podcast. Well, merci beaucoup. Joyeux Noël. Joy- Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes. Now, let's start with that, actually. Because you, yeah. you have written an article, which I thought was really interesting, about the French word for Christmas, Noël. Maybe you could tell us about that. Well, yeah, I became quite captivated by this. I mean, I maybe I'm just a nerd, but, <laughs> you know, people don't really like to understand, you know, the origin of words. But I got I became really curious because my husband and I, we've traveled a lot. Sure. And so, and we lived in the Philippines when he was in the Navy. And so it became clear to me that Noel is the French word for Christmas. And it's also probably the most beautiful word that means only Christmas. So it doesn't mean anything else. And the reason I say that, and I did a little research for this particular podcast because I wanted to be (laughs) sure. Um, I looked it up again just to be sure that I'm on the right page now. Of course, we know in English, Merry Christmas. It means have a happy Christ Mass. It goes back to the tradition, you know, in Roman Catholicism of going to Mass. Sure. Happy Christ Mass. So Merry Christmas means Merry Christ Mass. And then, of course, you have some of your Polynesian languages, which are incredibly beautiful. And like in Hawaiian, Meili Kalikimaka. Meili, excuse me, Hawaiians, it's Meili Kalikimaka. <laughs> And that they are so beautiful when they say that. And, um, you know, it just means Merry Christmas. If you didn't know, sure. uh, you wouldn't know it. But when you're there, you know, they have, I don't know if you've ever been to Hawaii, but they certainly do um, beautiful decorations around Christmas. We lived in the Philippines, and the word was Malaganyan Pasco. Another long word. Just means Merry Christmas. Lots sure. of letters. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful word, but it's really long. And then if you go to the Romance languages, and of course French is one of the five romance languages. But if you go to Spanish, it's Feliz Navidad, and that means happy birth. Literally means a happy birth. In Italian, it's Buon Natale. And if you're ever in Italy on Christmas Eve, so help me. <laughs> I mean, it is Buon Natale. Buon Natale. It's so joyous and full of expression, but it also means happy birth. Then I went and looked up Romanian, because that's another uh, romance language. Sure. And that one was very strange to me. I, I, mean, I don't think I can pronounce it correctly, but it's like crocium ferricit. 
and that's Romanian. And then in Portuguese, again, we go back to Feliz Natal, which means happy birth. In German, uh, it's uh, two very long words, and I, I, I'm sorry to my German friends, but it <laughs> looks like it's Frolich Wicknacken. But I'm trying to make the point that all those words mean Merry Christmas in all these different languages, but in French, it's a universal four-letter word, Noel. Now, how did that happen? That's what I wanted to know. Why is that word so special? And it's universally known as Christmas doesn't have to be translated. Sure. So I started to think about that. And um, so I started in the meantime collecting anything that had Noel on it. <laughs> Christmas cards, ornaments, you know, area rugs, anything that had <laughs> Noel. I filled my house with it at Christmas. So And people began to give me gifts that had Noel on the gift. And uh, so that was special, too. And I really appreciated that. And, you know, in Christmas, you have of course, in, in French, they chant de Noël, which are the Christmas carols. And the Christmas carols, when they're sung in French, um, will bring tears to Franco-Americans' eyes, especially um, Oh Holy Night. All, all of the Christmas carols are incredibly beautiful. And that Christmas tree is an arbre de Noël. Uh, and, of course, everyone loves that dessert, the bouche de Noël, which <laughs> is the Christmas dog. I mean, that is, that is so delicious. But the word Noel, it just leaps right out at you. So I started thinking more about this, and I tried to find, you know, it's a big, long word for studying the origin of words called etymology, the origin of words. And I absolutely could not find an origin to Noel. There are a lot of different theories, um, but it seems to go back to a Celtic word that simply meant night, like the nighttime. Sure. And I, I didn't really buy that so much. <laughs> I said, I'm sure it's a Celtic word. I'm not going to argue with these um, wordsmiths. But uh, I started to think about the fact that in biblical definitions, back into the Old Testament um, in Genesis, everything that referred to God had an E-L on it, like the angels, A-N-G-E-L, and like the archangels, Raphael, E-L, Archangel Michael, E-L, Gabriel, E-L, and of course, Jesus, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas, is Emmanuel. And I said, you know, that E-L is really significant in the word Noel, particularly because the French, pay, in the French language, they pay particular attention of putting that, uh, you know, that, that, that hyphen above the letter E. It's yeah, called the, the a two diuresis. dots. Yeah. Yeah. And that means when you put that above a vowel, that it's almost like creating a separate syllable for that word. It's not just an accent. It's like it's almost like a separate syllable for that letter. So it's not Noel, like if it was the name of someone, you might say Noel. No, it's Noel because of that accent. So this is the theory according to me. <laughs> I, like I really believe that Noel is a Celtic word, but it goes back to meaning the birth of God or night of God. Because you have with Feliz Navidad, you have the N-A or N-O would be N-A, you know, it could, or you had some other references to Natal. So I'm going to go and say it means night of God. Sure. I really do. And I think that's one of the reasons the word is just so magical. 
it conveys the spiritual side of Christmas and the joyous side of Christmas, all in four letters. So um, I have a lot of fun with that word, and thank <laughs> you for listening to my um, little course about it. But um, I really, uh, I really do uh, fill up my head, and, some, and sometimes I don't put a few of the Noels away. I le- actually leave awesome. them up. <laughs> That's awesome. Now you also have written about the phrase "Le Fête de Noël." Now, what what is a Fête de Noël, and what might one see at a Fête de Noël? Uh, that would just be the celebration of Christmas, fête. And sometimes in the uh, French language, it's les fêtes. It means all the holidays. Gotcha. Uh, just les fêtes. Even your birthday can be les fêtes. So les fêtes de Noël would be celebration of Christmas. And, of course, uh, this being uh, Christmas Eve, as I understand it, that the Franco-Americans usually celebrate a réveil, which, yes. yeah, which is the night, uh, Christmas Eve gathering of families. Christmas is so special for Franco-Americans because it means the coming together of families. And, of course, the birth of the Holy Family is Christmas. And the Franco-Americans will create a family reunion around Christmas celebrations. It used to be, you know, in the, in the days before people, people were so mobile and lived so far apart, that they would always gather at Christmas Eve with their Franco-American families, and they would eat the toutier, which is, you know, the traditional French-Canadian meat pie. And that tradition goes back to the days in the Roman Catholic Church where people would sacrifice eating meat before Christmas as a sacrifice for the birth of the Savior. It was um, symbolic. And then they would break that fast by eating tutier on Christmas Eve after Midnight Mass. And so that became quite the tradition. And that continues today, that families gather and they share their tutiers as a symbol of family traditions. And sometimes now eating the tutier is a New Year's tradition or it's a Christmas Day (laughs) tradition. And in in our family, we actually serve it uh, as an appetizer for Thanksgiving dinner, something you can have, you know, in mid-morning before you eat, like at one or two. We usually have an earlier dinner, so we do it uh, almost any time of year. But on Christmas, it's really a tradition. I think you have a link to the recipe page on my main writer website. We do because yep. there are dozens. Yeah, there are dozens of tortilla recipes on that site. Uh, so any, you know, anyone who would like to check that out could just pick one. But the the essence of a tortilla is that it is a, a spicy meat pie. It's made usually with ground meats, sometimes a combination of meats. can be a combination of pork and beef, but it could also be veal and beef, or it can be fowl, like pheasant sure. and pork. A lot of people, you know, over the years have created their own special recipe but um in our family we do the traditional beef with pork and we simmer it until the meat really starts crumbling i mean probably about three hours wow and then it gets really crumbly and that's great and that's when we uh, add the spices and in our family we add cinnamon and cloves and salt and pepper and over the years we've actually come around to adding some minced garlic we really <laughs> found that we really like that with the cinnamon and the cloves it's really delicious and um, then we create a little thickener for that meat with a raw with a cooked mashed potato we cook a potato and we mash it uh, with butter and we put that in with the meat and that's sort of a thickener and then we put that in a pie 
crust, and today, of course, it's so much easier because you buy those marvelous roll-out pie crusts, and it's so easy, and then you just put the meat in that, cover the top with the top uh, crust, and, and then you always remember to poke ho- holes, because there's <laughs> going to be a lot of coming out of that. Don't forget to poke the holes in the crust, and we put it in the oven at around 400 degrees for about 35 minutes, and when it comes out, everybody's waiting to eat it. <laughs> And yeah. what, what we, we serve, what I started doing over the years is uh, serving took care with um, a variety of uh, relishes. A lot of Franco-Americans just like traditional uh, relishes like pickles and butter or ketchup, and those are sort of traditional. But I, I started serving like a little variety of relishes like green tomato relish and wow. uh, vinegar beets on the side, cucumber salad that's... Uh, mixed with vinegar. I've, I put a variety out, almost like a little smorgasbord. <laughs> That's awesome. Right, if you take a piece of the tuche, and then you can, you know, put several relishes on it and taste the different flavors. So that's been my contribution to the culture in our family. Uh, but the tuche for Noel is is just a, an absolute tradition. And if you uh, ever run out of something to talk about with Franco-Americans, just say, so tell me, what kind of did your family make? And um, you'll be at a half an hour's worth of discussion on that. That, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. In my family, we've gone to uh, the Daughters of Isabella. It's like the, the woman's equivalent of the Knights of Columbus. Right. At least in Manchester, they make tons and tons and tons. So we buy tons and tons. So we'll again, we'll have it for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, you know, on to forever because we just stock it up for for months. It's, it kind of just hangs around. It's awesome. Right. Yeah. Actually, um, a really nice Christmas gift. Uh, I mean, not uh, maybe a, a hostess gift. I should sure. say. Invited to an open house is to uh, bring a, a family recipe for tutche that has a potpourri of with cheesecloth with your own personal spices in it so they can make uh, the recipe with your family spices i've done that uh for open houses and so forth and um that's been well received and even with the family you know that they really enjoy getting that so that's a good idea too so yeah mm-hmm. it's it's just and as i see that tutti is becoming more popular i I actually see recipes for it in other uh, in in mainstream recipe magazines now, so I think it's catching on. No, that's <laughs> Finally, awesome. Four hundred years, it's catching <laughs> on. Now I'm curious. I mean, if you don't know, that's cool. But um, do you know how has the recipe changed over time? I know you said that they started doing it as a kind of a way to break the fast, that kind of thing. No, it has not. That's an absolutely excellent question. Yes, it has evolved. The, the uh, history of the tutier. Well, the French tradition back in France, of course, has always been prepare meals in a casserole or a pie. But uh, the French colonists in the 1700s, they have such a short growing season and they wanted to be sure that they grew enough wheat so they could have bread for the winter. They would make the flour out of the wheat, but the growing season was really short and the seeds were so precious. But when they planted their fields for the wheat, these flocks of birds came down and ate the seeds, which wow. was devastating. Yeah. yeah. And these birds were called tourterelles. Okay. I think they were carrier pigeons, but the French called them tourterelles. So, in the interest of saving their wheat, the farmers, the les habitants, the farmers shot the birds sure. out of the sky. 
then they realized that after that that the feathers, these birds had some very elegant tail feathers. The feathers were at that time very, very popular in Europe in ladies' fashions, hats and brooches. So they actually found a market for the feathers, which made the birds even more uh, valuable for them to keep rather than throw the birds away. So sure. then what did they do? They figured they would eat the meat. So they carved the meat up into tiny pieces, and they cooked it to death like you do the meat for the tutte. <laughs> right, yeah. And they cooked it with different spices, and that's the, how the uh, evolution of the name tutier came from that experience of, of survival, really. The, the, their survival depended on them being able to harvest a wheat crop, and then they were able to market the feathers, you know, and, and it seems rather cruel today, of course, because we have access to so much wheat and flour, but they did not. Sure. And the, their uh, survival. So they, they then made a little money on the sale of the feathers, selling them, I guess, to a merchant, and um, learned to make the pies from the meat. So they saved that, and the meat cooked like that lasted a while, especially in the cold weather. So it, it was a meal that did well over time, didn't need any special maintenance or refrigeration because they already had cold weather. That's how it evolved. But, of course, then the birds became completely extinct, unfortunately. The tradition continued, so that's when they started to use venison, became very popular. So they would make the pies out of venison and mix the venison sometimes with, they didn't have access to beef so much, so more pork, venison and pork, or just venison. The tradition became beef and pork because um, they didn't always have a season where they could get enough uh, venison. So it's mostly beef and pork, but you will hear many Franco-American families say that it's they still, they use veal and uh, pork or veal and beef. Uh, you will hear some have even, you know, started using a ground fowl with beef, oh, wow. like ground turkey, to try to keep the fat content down. But I will tell you that there is, my friend Muriel Poulin always said, you can't have a tasty tutier unless you have fat in it. <laughs> <laughs> it is- just uh, you can't. It's not the same. So you wanna you wanna have some fat content in your chair and uh, that's Christmas. You know, that's Noel. So yeah, that, that's uh, something you wanna. We do we do put butter in our chair um, just before we put it in the oven. But there's so many recipes on that site. I think that any of the listeners could find one that matches with what their family might have um, prepared uh, over the years. So good luck, and uh, I'm sure that they'll. I think we should all go back to that tradition. It's uh, such a lot of fun to tell the story. It's such a, a family, uh, it unites all families. It, it really does. It unites all families. So it's um, it's it's a celebration in and of itself. So I, I think that's uh, something I hope that my children will continue to do. And I hope you continue to do it with your families as well. Absolutely. Now, I think one thing that's cool, first of all, letting them know where that word comes from is super interesting. And I've always found it kind of interesting because where you are seemingly, um, where you grew up in New England kind of determines what you call it or maybe what. Yeah. Because I know we just called it pork pie. My parents growing up uh, called it turkey. They they had never heard of tortier until I started doing this podcast, in fact. Really? Yeah. Okay. It it was just what they grew up with calling it turkey. So is everybody in Maine just called it tortier for the most part? Almost, yes. Almost, of course, pork pie, yes. Sure. But, yeah, almost everyone calls it twitier. And, of course, depending on your French accent. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I, I hear twitier more than I hear pork pie, but it is synonymous. I even know 
most people don't make it entirely out of pork, but but the purists probably do. <laughs> no, that's awesome. No, I do want to. Yeah, you can try a couple. Of, you know, it's a lot of fun if you do two or three tortillas and you know make them different you know, with different spices and with different meat combinations. They're always delicious. No, always. No question. Absolutely. No, I do want to touch on a couple of other kind of fun traditions. And what about the uh, heirloom ornament exchange, which I thought was pretty cool? You know, over the years, we all have those treasured um, ornaments, and uh, Franco-Americans are all about, you know, family. And so we've we've really come to um, try to create an ornament that we share with our family every year. You know, we can make it out of pieces of Christmas cards, particularly now that you have so many beautiful opportunities to frame Christmas cards sure. um, pictures and make them ornaments. So we have uh, done little tiny miniature family photos that we've made into ornaments, and they go on the tree, uh, and we exchange those uh, among ourselves each year. So we make something special. Always date these ornaments if you use a picture or whatever it is. So if you make something by hand, decoupage uh, an ornament, I hope that people will remember to date them, uh, but we don't. I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. Yeah, no, I absolutely. try to go back and date them so the family knows when they were created and by who. How about the family quilts? Then we discuss oh, that. yeah, yeah. We have a tradition that we've tried to um, build on over the years, and that is if we take something special in our family, like an old quilt, and we can embroider something on it like this was Meme's quilt and make a square gotcha uh, and different pieces of clothing from some of our cherished vintage closets and then put that together as a family heirloom yes we have one of those quilts and it took a long time to make it because it took a long time to collect the appropriate squares and what they sure. meant but it's a great family heirloom uh, that everyone can participate in but in the end of the day, it only creates one quilt. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, so we want to make sure it's a, with probably, you know, passed from one um, of the, <clears throat> one generation to another. That That's a, that's just a marvelous family a tradition. And if you can get some quilters to help you, uh, the, all the better. Uh, some people have actually made a, a project out of cutting the, the squares, saying, you know, I want a square from, you know, Aunt Louise, and I want a square from, you know, Meme Moore. And, sure. And then hiring a quilt maker to actually make the quilt. That Ooh. is great because then it has a professional touch. But we did our own quilt. But, uh, some That's people awesome. Do. Yeah. yeah That's... I think it's a great thing to do. For sure. And you also noted that Christmas, holidays, really good time to uh, update everybody's genealogical records, which is kind of fun. You can exchange all uh, that. Yeah, there's always a new person to add. <laughs> there's always a new person to add. and We can't forget about uh, keeping the generations current for the future. Absolutely. So, you know, Franco-American genealogies are just amazing because of the detailed records that were kept on births and deaths through going back 400 years. The genealogical records for Franco-Americans are more accurate than any you'll find in Europe because of the uh, different uh, wars that destroyed so many churches where all the records were kept. But in, in uh, North America, th those records were protected. Very few were lost. And then many of them were actually transcribed. Like, you know, there would be a notary that would go around from 
parish to parish and actually rewrite some of these records so they could have a backup copy. I mean, that's how much detail was put in to keeping the records. So that's why Franco-American genealogies are uh, amazing. Uh, and anyone who's really interested in uh, connecting to that um, is a gift if you have a Franco-American in the family because it really will take your family back to as far back as the first ancestor with tremendous accuracy. But we also want to remember about current generations. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, it's easy to just sit down and say, hey, you know what, in this family table around uh, Le Revillon here, celebrating uh, Joy Noel, we might have five generations right here that we could document that probably aren't in the databases. Or if they are, they might not be accurate. Sure. Um, so I would highly, highly recommend, that's a tremendous gift. You don't have to think back 10 generations. You can be thinking about five generations right in your own home. Uh, so I would encourage people to please do that because it's, it's getting more and more difficult to have one source for a lot of data anymore. Sure. People are so mobile. No, so, um, that's fun. Yeah. No. Keep, keep that. <laughs> we could talk about this forever. Uh, but oh yeah, absolutely. Especially families. <laughs> that, oh, families. Talking about families is uh, it's a lot of fun. Just sure. a lot of fun. Noel is a time for family reunions, and uh, used to be that the family reunions were Revignon right after midnight mass yep. when the Pitche came out. And but now because of extended families and such mobility, the family reunions around Christmas can begin the 1st of December, or they can go all the way through, uh, not not every day, but I'm saying that sure. people plan them right. uh, through the weeks before Christmas and even up until New Year's Day. New Year's Day is another great day for a family reunion, but it's all uh, in the festival of like Les Fêtes. Les Fêtes is, is the whole experience. Noel meaning Christmas, or Avignon meaning Christmas Eve, but Les Fêtes is the whole experience. That's and awesome. it's very joyous, uh, very, very, very joyous time. Okay. So it's always a pleasure to get together with family during the uh, during the event. All right, before we close, I have to bring up something that you alluded to early, earlier, because it happens to be my all-time favorite uh, Christmas carol, the Minuit Chrétien. Minuit, minuit Chrétien. No. Oui. No. Oh. It's cool because... Uh, in my, in my the church I go to, uh, the Midnight Mass at St. Joseph Cathedral, actually historically an Irish church, obviously most of the songs are all in English. The, every year at Midnight Mass, they make sure to sing that particular song in French, which is so oh, awesome to me. It brings chills. It brings chills, and you just can't translate it. I mean, the, the English words are lovely, but when you hear and understand them in French, they're awesome. And... Um, I just uh, can't say uh, enough about the emotional impact of Minuit Chrétien in French. So I'm glad to hear that's still a tradition at St. Joseph's Cathedral. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Oh Holy Night, good song, but it's it's so much better in French. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well, so thank you for that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, again, for joining us on this podcast. This has been an awesome tour of some Franco-American Christmas traditions. I hope you have an awesome Christmas. Uh, great New Year's. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, but I would also just throw out a challenge to your listeners. Please. I would like to know if anyone else has a different understanding of the origin 
of the word Noah. I would love to <laughs> You got okay. it. We'll make sure Enjoy you get Noel. that. That's awesome. Sure, Noel.
Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair To think that everything they love we simply do not share But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.